0: Hey everybody, welcome to Hilliard Beacon Audio Companion. It is Thursday, April 13th. This is session number 8. 2023. 2023 for the historical record. I am Jordan Smith. I am joined today by...
1: I'm Tim Hoffman. Kevin Corvo.
0: And we are welcoming into the studio a fourth wheel, providing the traditional uh, car-wheel ratio... (laughs) <laughs> uh, by local uh, parks volunteer and advocate, Don Kloss. Don, uh, welcome to the program. Welcome to the studio. How you Thank doing? Thank
2: you. Good, good. Thanks for having me.
0: Good. Uh, well, welcome in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, you know, we came to know you here uh, because you're a friend of Andrew, one of our guys that comes and plays and hangs out on the weekends, and then, you know, we've started to know a little bit more about your interests, and we're going to be discussing... Uh, one of your hobbies and one of your uh, deeply held interests, uh, which is our local parks and conservancy of our natural resources. But uh, tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about what brings you here.
2: I am a Ohio certified volunteer naturalist, uh, volunteer for Metro Parks, and I volunteer at the Ohio Wildlife Center in Powell. Um, I also since December 2020, have run my own organization, Central Ohio Nature, the main thrust of which is providing free nature programs to all ages.
0: All right. Very cool. Very cool. Engagement uh, is a big part of what we're trying to do here and uh, a big part of what uh, Kevin's been successfully doing over the course of his career. So hopefully we can uh, join all these missions together and bring more awareness to some of the of the ways and uh, methods that um, some of our green areas, some of our uh, areas, you know, that some might argue might need reclamation efforts mm-hmm. are being reclaimed. And, you know, what the benefits are and what the downsides are and, um, you know, a perspective of someone who's uh, been looking at that world for a long time and cares about it deeply is something we should always uh, seek out. And listen to uh, But great, welcome in Thank uh, you I thought it might be helpful today guys To start out by looking backwards Because of spring break last week We didn't really convene as we normally do um, To go through the previous week's piece Which turned out to be really popular um, A lot of people would say It's because of my great headline choice uh, Never heard of Those are good headlines <laughs> <laughs> uh, Of... To my mind, we're calling it Tesla track, which, you know, is a cover. But when I heard that Tesla cover in fifth grade, I didn't know that. Right. Uh, but I Kevin didn't know correctly called it out as uh, a original. What was Five it? Man Electric Band. Five Man Electric Fan. I have fun with oh. Dominic.
3: My son Dominic, right. he doesn't realize that what he plays are remakes of things. <laughs> he thinks my music yes. is so uncool. Yeah. He plays this song. The whole underlining track is Jealous Guy by John Lennon. Right. And the rest of it's like a rap song. Right. So I have to tell him, hey, it's John Lennon. Right. But I understand the same way you and I didn't know that <laughs> Tesla covered yeah. that song from nineteen seventy three yeah. or thereabouts. My son Dominic doesn't know that Half of what he listens to is bar at least sampling stuff from many decades ago.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Everything everything old is new again. Nothing new under the sun. But we do we do love to listen, don't we? Thanks. Oh yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 Getting back to that piece that was very well read, um, it describes uh, specifically annexation petition of an eight acre parcel, which is going to join a second annexation to so. generate almost fourteen acres mm-hmm. of developable area along. Uh, Dublin Road, mm-hmm. on the west side of Dublin Road, south of Hayden Run, north of Mount Shannon. So it's right over there uh, along that prestige area. And uh, inevitably, as Tim said, that that has stirred uh, passions. So, Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what's developed and what's happened in the week since?
3: It has. And this is infill a development, which doesn't happen quite so frequently, at least not historically. Uh, in the city of Hilliard. Uh, I think people are used to watching cornfields become, you know, 100 and 200 unit developments um, around town, but this is an infill development on the west side of Dublin Road um, across from Shire Cove. So it particularly got the interest um, of the residents in Shire Cove.
0: Reason being, it's becoming Columbus kind of like in this sawtooth fashion along some of these borders, depending on who can actually deliver services like water and sewer, uh, that is technically who gets to claim those areas when Mm -hmm. it comes to annexation, certain types of filing. Mm -hmm.
1: So when I looked on the map at that parcel, it's important to know that other adjoining property is already Columbus. Past it on the other side... That's already Columbus. So what we have is a pocket of uh, Norwich Township land that unincorporated. Un- would that be unincorporated? Norwich unincorporated land that is that board that isn't just surrounded by Hilliard, and all of a sudden Columbus has another dollop. It needs to be contiguous. You can only annex right. into contiguous
3: land. Right.
1: Which is why
3: in Franklin County you have these f- fingers of suburbs extend out because no one wants to get cut. Full circle. I right. mean, um, cities like Whitehall and Upper Arlington are completely surrounded by Columbus, so, right. they, so they can't annex. So, right. if anything new gets built, and I've seen it over in Upper Arlington, they are knocking and they are demolishing some of these residences, residences and building entirely new homes, you know, along Cambridge Boulevard, uh, places like that. Um, but this particular parcel is to be annexed from Norwich Township uh, into the city of Columbus. Uh, so the Hillard City Council really has no has no legal say in the matter whatsoever except to offer their opinion the same way the Shire Cove residents, I expect, will make their appeal to Columbus um, Development Commission when those plans are presented. Right. Um, and that's probably still some time away. Uh, uh, an LLC called Rock Run is proposing the development
1: of, of, the, of these eight acres. Okay. And do um, they have drawings? Do they have any uh, initial early plans? Yeah,
3: I think there's uh, some early early schematics that, that they showed to the Franklin Dunlap County Road's commissioners. There, yeah. um, the hearing last month was only to, to determine whether or not there's capacity to provide water and sewer service to the parcel. Um, and uh, there is. Uh, and Franklin County commissioners made it clear at that meeting that we are not here to discuss best uses for this property. We're only here to discuss whether or not we can provide services. Hmm. Uh, residents at the meeting, nonetheless, you know, shared their opinions about why this might not be a good fit for uh, for the area. Hmm.
0: Um, a lot of people presently <clears throat> trying to couch those opinions in the form of you know specific objections, hmm. and you know they may more or less be based around those things, or more or less be based around just feelings and 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 that type of thing. But, I mean, these are lifelong residents. And like you said, people are used to seeing green fields get plowed under, not necessarily across the street. If you look at the parcel as you drive by, you know, as you're passing Mm -hmm. through there, you look over, and it's essentially a little bit of pasture, then some woods, then power lines. And you don't really... Appreciate the depth of it. You don't know where that extends to. You look at it from some overhead maps and you realize, oh, this is pretty substantial and there's right. room back in there <clears throat> for quite a bit. So, you know, and again, as I described a little bit in the pre, uh, pre-show meeting, I think a lot of this is structured in a certain way and in a lattice so that Franklin County commissioners have a role to play, but it is not to describe... Use. It is not to debate values of use. Mm. Uh, similarly, annexation is based around ability to provide specific services. It is not, again, based around use. And the reason that is, is because you can't keep people from building what's necessary. And according to projections and all these other things, what is driving a lot of this development, necessary development in the mind of builders and people that are hoping to. Uh, make sound investments ostensibly on this kind of thing is housing. Right. Now, how that's all done, like to me, you know, the idea that it all has to be mixed use I and mean, it can't just be purely residential, or it can't be in some way more uh, peasant housing oriented, where you're focusing primarily on ownability and value and those kind of things, uh, because those don't pay off. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. Like, if I could live free and clear, I would be spending money all over this town. You guys have no idea. (laughs) But, you know, what eventually does get built there, will it be uh, affordable? You know, will it be transformative? Will it be usable for somebody who is in the position I was in 14 years ago when I signed my first lease? Will it be able to sustain a business in a $3,500 a month, commercial environment, you know, eighty five hundred dollar a month commercial environment. You know, I don't know. You know, they're these things are all conjectural at this point, but the market is feeling uncertain. And it's interesting to see how people's feelings about a building and a project just like this, in one sense from a don't build that here, not in my backyard, yes in my backyard perspective, or on a whole other front, is this a sound investment? You know, we've seen these large national conglomerates like BlackRock and large hedge funds purchasing real estate, property, uh, all across the nation. So you have to ask yourself, like, okay, where are people still finding value in this country in investment? Um, Is there anything else you wanted to bring up about this uh, article? I think it's pretty obvious it was one of our (coughs) most uh, highly read. I think you'll be following up on this one, yeah. Yeah.
3: I will. Uh, I spoke with a uh, representative speaking for um, the developer. Uh, He said, you know, we're going to bring plans forward. We're going to talk to the residents. Um, There was a little bit of angst from some of the residents that we don't even know what, what they want to do here yet. right? And I, I, the sense from the developer I had was, well, when we when we have a better idea what we're doing, we'll tell you what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's where it sits. So there's a lot a, a lot still to, to, to come on this. Um, right now, it's uh, the first parcel. The Franklin County Commissioners approve the annexation. Columbus will consider that. Uh, in the near, they have a statutory requirement to do it. Within 60, 60 days, days I think of when days. that hearing was so probably in the next two weeks uh, Columbus would consider that. That parcel will then be annexed and into the city of Columbus. Uh, there's the six acre parcel directly to the south of it. Um, I, think the de- 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 I think the developer would, I'm not clear on whether they'll proceed with two of those separately. It would seem that they would probably want to annex that and then come forward with a with a plan for the entire fourteen or fifteen acre parcel. <clears throat> yeah, I read the
0: I uh, read the transcripts of the council meeting and some of the comments from different council members about the development. And you know, there's there's narratives that run through a lot of people's feelings about residential development. You know, the idea is that people in Columbus are actively. You know, pushing uh, families to the suburbs to camp on suburban services, to camp on EMS, to camp on good schools, to camp on this, to camp on that. Listen, guys, I got to tell you look in the mirror. Because in 1960, whatever, that was all your grandparents (laughs)
3: leaving
0: the cities, coming out to farm country to find little suburban glades and turn them into uh, these oases, right, Uh, that looked a certain way, behaved a certain way, zoned a certain way. All these things happened a certain way. And uh, just because they took them from previously, you know, large tract-owning farmers as opposed to large tract-owning suburban landowners that, you know, have land holdings, It's just a different era. That's all. You know, these things happen. This is how these things work in America. You know, there are waves of development. Like, Kevin, if you remember back in the early 90s when they redeveloped Cleveland's downtown around, essentially, the new baseball stadium that, that, what was that called?
3: Jacobs Field when it opened in 1994.
0: Right. And right down there, there was a whole nexus of Rock Hall, Jacobs Field, Flats, like, all that. Think. And it started having this concentric circle development effect. And The same thing's happening in Columbus. You know, now we're getting all this development in Delaware. All these different things are <coughs> happening. It's kind of interesting. It segues us directly into uh, talking to Don a little bit about uh, what he's here to talk about today. Um, it's a similar kind of happening. It's a developer-land pairing that's this public-private partnership and that you know i term a, a an enclosure really <clears throat> you know i describe it as players in the developing market uh land developing market real estate developing market have decided that it's easier to play along two f- multiple fronts like not only um create greenfield land development and all that that we're used to and that hilliard residents are used to but now that the demand is shifted to infill development, a willingness to take on difficult land projects, a willingness to take on, um, you know, previously uh, in need of reclamation areas, uh, has led to some some maybe bargains that we should think twice about. So, Don, why
2: don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Rapid Five? Okay, Rapid Five is something that was brainstormed by the Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission, MRPC, and the um, Urban, Urban Land Initiative Columbus. Institute, yeah. Yeah, yeah Institute, yes, thank you. That's what you. you have here, yeah. Um, they, on the surface, uh, what they say is they want to bring people closer to nature and improve quality of life for people, through adding new parks and, by trailways, connecting our five major uh, waterways in the county.
0: And to do that, you're going to be interfacing with a lot of park holdings.
2: Right. Okay. Right, exactly. Um, What seems to be the real thrust, though, is when you get into some of the documentation on this and reading what... The developers that are being involved in this, um, it has a lot more to do with creating urban playgrounds. And surrounding these urban playgrounds are either going to be luxury apartments and condos, uh, or <coughs> things that the people that would move into those would prefer to have. And and what I refer to is what's popping up in a lot of areas around Columbus is these tall luxury apartment or condo buildings, and the bottom floor is services. It's restaurants, it's pubs, it's upscale shopping, entertainment. Nails. Yeah.
1: You know what this reminds me of, Don, is sort of a greening of the campus partners' sort of model where they, instead of taking over blocks of age-old campus culture, knocking it down and building high-rises, mm-hmm. they're moving into park-adjacent areas to do a similar kind of thing. Right. The, the,
2: the thing that I have an issue with is, you know, Rapid Five itself, in any of their literature or on their website, you know, this is our whole thing, bringing people all over the county closer to nature and giving them more experiences. But when you read information from the realty companies, the construction companies, the developers, designers that are involved in all of this, uh, they, their big thrust really is economics and making sure that whatever is done um, can be financially sustainable over the long term. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have thrown around with some of what's beginning to happen the word gentrification, Mm. and I'm definitely starting to see that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what is starting to be done so far... Absolutely has nothing to do with conservation, preserving wildlife. Um, All of that is being pushed off on the wayside.
1: Okay.
0: Sure, I mean, you know, if a fox or whatever can live around the mountain biking, uh, extreme mountain biking course too, and the, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, seven steel footpaths or what have you, then... By all means, fox should live, but the idea that a lot of wildlife is going to be allowed to live uh you know unobstructed around people that are paying eighteen hundred dollars a month to live in an apartment mm, probably not the not the thing hmm. uh, you know so i 've been to quarry trails you know it 's still being built i don 't know if anybody's even living there yet. The last time I was there was several months ago, probably before the winter actually I think so. People are already starting to move in.
1: I think so. Yeah. I, I, tr- yesterday I was on my way home from campus, mm-hmm. and I was coming up Tribune. and I was like, "Let's see what it's like if I can cut through." There's lots of cars in the- yeah. so there. So there are cars in the lot. So that the first block of condos, yeah, the first block of condos I think is occupied. There's another block that's like. Looks more like tightly packed, single-family type homes. Mm -hmm. Those, I don't know if those are occupied yet. When we were visiting the park a week or so ago, it appears that that area is undergoing some of the last touches of the paving of the road. So I don't think those spots are going to be occupied at this time, probably very soon, though, because they look like those are ready to move in. But I don't yeah. know if anyone's going to walk there now. several times
3: a week. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. On the, the southern out. end of that property now, they're building this gigantic uh, luxury day spa
1: mm.
2: also, which mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing <clears> that makes people say gentrification. Sure. The other thing I, I just found out, um, as far as that particular park, Now, there's 250 acres of it that's still being quarried by a mining company. Mm -hmm. Um, People within uh, Friends of the Metro Parks, the organization Friends of the Metro Parks, Mm -hmm. were told by the executive director of Metro Parks, Tim Maloney, that when it got to the point that the mining company could no longer quarry that acreage that it was going to revert to Metro Parks, but I actually found in an article um, that in fact that land is going to Thrive Companies. So which essentially, is the, the developer there
0: huh. now. They've signed an agreement that will maintain the relationship that when it is quarried, it comes to us, but that is immediately just going to pivot and hand
1: over to you for further. Development. It's interesting, because we were talking with a ranger in the metro park, and they said, yeah, and as they finish up the quarry, we'll get it for the park. I'm not surprised to hear it ain't so.
2: Yeah, no, it's not. There's, you know, this is, is very convoluted. When you talk about quarry trails, now Thrive Companies is the developer of, you know, the condos and, and, and all that housing. A shell company of theirs... Um, is actually the company that owned the property that Quarry Trails Park mm-hmm. is on. Okay. And Thrive Companies donated a million dollars to Rapid5 while Quarry Trails was being built, and we were told by the executive director that Thrive paid for. All those paved trails you see, the bridges, the docks, the lighting, the utilities—they paid for all that. And you know, to me, it almost seems like there was a handoff, a trade-off there between that and how close they were allowed to develop to, you know, the the boundaries of the park.
1: Sure.
0: <clears throat> well, you know, <sighs> I'm reminded of the uh, of the. Uh, Drink up your milkshake, kind of ethos of an era gone by. You know, as developers, there is no more free real estate in America. Mm -hmm. Free real estate, free real estate.
1: It's free real estate.
0: Thank you. That needs to be a sound drop. Boop, push the button. We -hmm. all know where we all heard it first um, and not here. But it is something that's gaining (coughs) a certain amount of understanding is that, you know, whether this land came about. You know, through outright theft, or just the idea that previously held, previously valued, previously undervalued areas are now being turned into these luxury developments. Have to f- see how this plays out. Have to see how some of these initial structures influence and play out in the form of taxes in the future. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of breaks were required uh, for taking on this difficult development? There were obviously reclamation Uh, You know, probably tax credits that were uh, obtained at some point because that was not an easy redevelopment. You know, it was a controversial zoning approval for this uh, third Amazon data center that's just down Sayota Darby. Right. But at the same time, sandwiched between railroad tracks and highway, there were limited uses in other ways, but there was a perfectly preserved strip of land. You know, I don't
2: know. Now, the thing about that, uh, that's known as the Grinner Tract. mm -hmm. The Grinner family owned that. They were farmers. Uh, They were friends of my family. Yeah, tell us as much as you have on it. And uh, Kermit and Florence, uh, Grinner donated Mm -hmm. that land to City of Hilliard with the stipulation that it to be used to create a park in the future. Well, when we got our new um, city manager in, Michelle Crandall, um, all of a sudden that property was being rezoned to commercial, Mm -hmm. and when asked about it, and a lot of people were upset about it, her reasoning for doing that was, we do not have any money for parks, Mm -hmm. and we, we don't want to just let the land sit, so... We're going to rezone it commercial and sell it. I had to whoever, and within five minutes of her saying that, it was sold. It, it was it was sold to Amazon.
0: Sold. Wow, I had not heard that before. Yes, I don't know.
3: They just changed locations of what was made the park. There was there was a kind of a land swap that happened.
0: There you yeah. go. I see.
3: And this parcel, were you referring to the data center being built on side of Darby Road by I two seventy? That's yes. different. That's an entirely different parcel. This Don, the one. Don, Don, Don is talking about off of, uh, off of uh, Cos- Le- between Cosgray and Leopard. Leopard. right? That oh, okay. that is yeah, the right. second data site that construction started on that a year ago, I suppose. Yeah. got it. <clears throat> yep. So okay. just
0: in a chain of ordered events, this was not okay. So yeah, okay. Anyway, <clears throat> okay. That's all. That's all fair play though, because that describes again these structures that are emerging in the city of Hilliard. Via how the city of Hilliard is organized, mm-hmm. managed, and administered from a structural perspective, creation of the Hilliard Development Corporation that is now sitting inside city government, right? Uh, with an independently uh, organized board that isn't elected, none of that. You know, these are all things that people uh, have to start to come to terms <coughs> with and how these structures work together to create this overall picture. You know this infill picture, because I can tell you guys that infill is a huge focus on the Hilliard City uh, comprehensive plan and the housing focus of those plans. Infill, inwardly focused development. You know that's that's been a, a driving direction for the city for some years now. So, the quicker uh, people can get their hands around this, the better. And I can tell you guys right now, my solution is very simple. It's two pages long. Mm-hmm the institution of wards across the city, equally apportioned, uh, based on geography, and then you know develop from there. Recurring meetings where people can join a process that's actually connected to city officials in an authentic way is the answer. Democracy always has its hand out. It's whether or not people want to take it, and the responsibilities and the ongoing engagement that goes along with it. Right. That's all there is to it. And like, I've had that on offer to people for years. I tried to run on that. I want that as a future for us because the quicker we advance to that level, the more readily we can come to grips with other people's choices, other people's decision making, other large entities functioning in our city will have to go through our structures instead of. These folks over there had to form some organization ad hoc in the last 30 days because they just found out about this thing. It's already got 100 members. There's a high boil on this organization right now. But I can tell you that if there was an ongoing process involved around a ward system where there was an elected representative there, they would not have just found out about it. They would not have just uh, been caught flat-footed in this way. So, you know, that has always been my... Uh, focus and pitch, but that's for another time.
2: You know, to go, to go back to rapid five for a minute. Sure. Um, you, your example of the fox, okay, this is part of the problem with how they want to do these parks now, because you, you might see wildlife in that park, but they, it's not sustainable, hmm. and they are not in a good position. You see an animal like
0: that, it's caught in the open. It's not supposed to be out there like that. Now, a
2: a fox, for example, has, on average, a four-mile territory. Mm -hmm. Now, you might see deer in there also. Deer prefer to only eat certain types of plants, and they'll eat them until there's none left, and then they go somewhere else. And with what you've got going on now, like with quarry trails, somewhere else means... Them crossing roads, mm-hmm. possibly crossing highways to try and get to somewhere else right. where there's food for them, or cross, or it's, crossing
0: a, a walking path in the middle of a rut, and they just come across some, you know, family and you know yeah. some buck or some little kid you know. Hey, whoa, that just went to a place. But that's what I think. It's it's just one of those things. This perching things in places uh, for their uh, profit motive. Uh, and they can say it's fulfilling a housing need, and yes, it is a um, it is a doorway that somebody could walk through. But you look at say the city of London. How many of those doorways have people that walk through them every night? And how many of them are owned by people who will never live there?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I think luxury developments in uh, well-policed <coughs> areas make for uh, super nice investments for people uh, that don't
2: necessarily um, plan to live there. But, you know, I don't know. I, I know housing is needed. It bothers me that you have people on the Rapid Five board uh, who represent are, and are high up in other organizations whose responsibility is conservation. hmm and uh, care of wildlife, and, and it's part of their organization's mission statement, but they seem to be going right along with what the designers and the developers want, like a hundred percent. There's there's no give and take. Yeah. No give and take. Right, and,
1: and a and a tremendous sort of conflict of interest when you're oh, yes. when you're when you're stated goal is to conserve nature and you're um, you're making a lot of, of money on, on mm-hmm. development that's right next to it uh, one of those things is going to have a stronger pull and, and then right. we see how that works
2: yep <laughs> yeah and and when you have when you have people on the board yeah' those of, confluence of interest of rapid five that are High up within construction companies, within corporate real, uh, you know, commercial real estate companies, energy companies, um, and those people are also being given the contracts to do design and do building on these parks. Right. Everybody's in bed with everybody.
1: Yeah. I don't and I don't have any problem with, if you're a construction company and you're building things you need to have profit in order to be able to do it if well, you're yeah. going to build and own a high density housing you have to uh, be able to do it profitably so you can remain in business right, right um, you right. Need, there needs to there's risks involved in the building and the maintaining and so you, there needs to be a commensurate reward with that sure and if we're trying to green it up, you you need to. It needs to be a little more legitimate. Like I said, there are compromises,
0: and you said there should be give and take altogether. Right. But the situation is when a, a, an enterprise is geared to profit, you're going to have a steam shovel mindset. You're going to go in there to take the biggest draw that you possibly can, all right. at once. Now, you create some of these structures I'm talking about in local government and, and people's involvement in that will create checks on that, will create a process to that where if you want to come into this community, people can make it more or less accessible depending on the needs of that area, needs of that ward. Say, we're open, we're a little reticent, we want that, you know, we don't. But it creates an environment where you have those give and take moments those opportunities that require give and take moments by structure without them you're just dealing with profit and you're dealing with needing to move fast and get things done
1: not only that but you're sending the elephant to guard the peanuts
2: yeah. and you know this is this is <laughs> the thing you you you've got an organization that says they want to bring people closer to nature uh, but everyone on the board and everyone involved with it is profit-driven. Right. Well, yeah. when that happens, conservation and wildlife is going to lose, and they're already losing as it is now with everything else that's happening development-wise sure. in this county.
0: You were describing that you feel there's a little bit element of greenwashing there in the composition of the board where there's a certain level of oh this one's a public servant this one's a private developer you know there's the trade between right. those two things where the the more uh, glossy representation goes to the people that have the the natural conservancy uh, backgrounds and the less uh, known about uh, the developer side of that composition mm-hmm. is, is more difficult right well I think the benefits of having something like this is that we can return again to these issues and return again to these specific stories. Um, RAP5 seems like it's here to stay based on the web of interest behind it and developing it and forwarding it so it's something that we'll definitely be paying attention to as it operates prototypes and develops in the community um, I know Kevin's always interested in people that uh, get things done uh, not just because it's interesting but because it shows um, you know, who are, who are uh, pushing things forward in, in good ways and in ways that need to be studied more closely, So uh, we look forward to having you back for that, and I hope you stick around for a few more minutes oh, to go good. through the last couple of things on our agenda. Absolutely. Uh, Origin Absolutely. To today. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Thanks Don. Thank
2: you. Uh,
0: just briefly, we're going to touch on the story this week that we put out. Uh, a little bit more of a fun, uh, relaxed vibe on this one, describing an Earth Day initiative here in the city of Hilliard.
3: That's right. Uh, one quick thing before that, um, since Don mentioned um, the Grinner Tract. Um, the groundbreaking tomorrow, April 14th, um, the city is having the groundbreaking um, for the construction of the um, Wellness Center. Right. Mm. Um, which will sit um, on the land uh, just adjacent to the Roger A. Reynolds Municipal Park. Right. Uh, the Gunner Tract, um, also by the way, that was intended to be the first site for, for the Third High School. That was our original site for the Third High School. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. uh, it didn't come and to p- pass p- p- there. <laughs> they eventually built it. Further out on Walker Road, yep. but uh, that did become um, what's going to be the Amazon data center. But the, but the city used the money from the sale of that land to get the land that they are going to have uh, the wellness center, uh, the wellness mm-hmm. center on, and and also parks and recreation uses. So, all right, um, rain barrels. Rain barrels. Earth Day. Earth Day is April twenty second. So Saturday, April fifteenth, uh, the city uh, with some partners, uh, Franklin. Water and Soil Conservation District, um, and um, a couple other entities um, are involved in that. Uh, I believe uh, you told me, Jordan, that the registration's closed. Did they get enough interest that um, the registration's closed? It's yep. full. They're full. Yes. Yes. Was it, required? it required pre-registration. but it, did. Um, it started with Keep Hillary Beautiful. Uh, Coca-Cola uh, reached out to Keep Hillary Beautiful and offered to donate um, uh, barrels that they put the syrup in to make Coca-Cola. So, uh, th- some of the school kids, some of the kids in Hillard City Schools uh, from Brown Elementary um, uh, got together and uh, with some other students at the Hub. Uh,
0: did the work to did, actually did, did turn the them work, into yeah. rain barrels. Students
3: from all three middle schools who um, take an ecology and art class at the Hub uh, worked to create these rain barrels uh, that are in the old Hillary District, um, outside um, several businesses, I think 26 different businesses. Nice. Um, And they developed an idea to have some scavenger hunt. There's QR codes on these, which lead you to the next barrel to the next barrel. Um, I saw someone using their phone for the QR codes yesterday um, doing that. Um, So those rain barrels will be put in position after the end of this month uh, wherever the business owners put them to to use. Right now they're not hooked to anything.
0: <clears throat> I could put uh, one right inside the donut shop in front of my proofer. <laughs> when it rains, it leaks right through the roof.
1: Everybody's so glad to hear that, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> For those
3: who registered, uh, they will be there Saturday morning at the Franklin County Fairgrounds. Uh, again, some of the students from the hub will have stencils on hand, um, and uh, those who have registered uh, to, to uh, receive these barrels, and they also give you the... Um, uh, kits to go with it uh, that will turn off when the barrel is full diverter kits. Uh, they'll receive yeah. those too, as well as instruction on how to use them, uh, the benefits of using them. Uh, they can paint those however they like however they like to paint them. A little um, bit.
0: It kind of takes me back to my childhood. Everything <laughs> used to be something else. You know? <laughs> right. Right.
3: So hopefully this is the first time they've done something quite like this. Um, I didn't ask, but hopefully that's something that they may uh, bring back. Next year. So if anybody missed out registering, um, I just want to say sign up earlier.
0: Yeah, I say go for it, expand it, drive it forward until uh, the demand slacks off. Because I think it's something that people obviously have an appetite for, and the more we can build awareness around those things, the more the opportunity is to build into other elements of that uh, that uh, advocacy, we'll call it. Sure. You know, taking better care of our natural resources. I know I'd like one. Uh, for the house and for the shop I'd love to do that wherever I could um, I was going to Go through the city council uh, Agenda but we're approaching 40 minutes which is our Maximum volume That we've ever done and I think that's a good place To kind of cap it for the week I will maybe issue a separate uh, Bulletin about this city council Meeting because I think there were some really Important things that got discussed um, And that got uh, Passed and a uh, um, you know, actually uh, repealed um, mm. during this meeting. Some things were transformed in city government and the uh, the administration based on, maybe not based on, uh, but something that we can say provides kind of a button point to some of our reporting on the phishing uh, scandal that happened. There's been some transformative change inside city government. Some appropriations were made that changed Um, Some software packages that hopefully protect and better insulate the city against that kind of thing in the future Uh, Electric aggregation And uh, some surveillance camera news that I think everybody will be very interested to hear Um, So uh, I will uh, probably issue something separately here before the weekend And uh, you'll hear from us then But until then I would like to say uh, thank you to all the subscribers and uh, paid supporters of the Hilliard Beacon. Uh, We're meeting with Kevin briefly after uh, the show today to um, talk about next steps and what we're going to do going forward. But uh, without you guys, we couldn't do it. So please uh, subscribe, to and share this uh, publication and um, all the stuff that comes out through our Substack to your friends and social connections. We really appreciate it. And uh, it'll help us continue Kevin's 24-year mission of uh, giving you the news you need and the news you didn't know you needed. So uh, thank you from those of us at the Hilliard Beacon, and uh, we'll hope to see you next time. Thanks, bye Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Thanks, Don. Thanks. Thanks, Don. Woo! Sure, thank you. Great, guys. That was awesome. That's a record.